So let us continue receiving the word of God and I've titled the message, The Birth of Christ, hyphen, dash, revealing divine nature. The birth of Christ, revealing divine nature. And really, I, I don't want you just to come to a season. It's not God's will to just come to a season and then we do all the natural things and, and forget the very reason for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. As believers as we celebrate uh, Christmas, we should never forget uh, of the unfolding of our redemption through it. That is the whole purpose. That was the, so to speak, was the ultimate purpose of, of, man, of uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord being born, was to redeem man. So we can't remove our eyes from that. The unfolding of our redemption, the redemption story. And you know, in First John chapter 3, I'm going just to quote it in verse uh, verse, verse 8, but be, but be of it. He says, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he, may de he might destroy the works of the devil. So I'm telling you, whatever we do over Christmas, as believers in Christ, we should not forget the purpose that he came. Like what Pastor Carla said, meditate, ponder. Let these things become a reality in your heart concerning the reality of our redemption. Through the birth of Jesus Christ, we see the divine nature being revealed, and that is what we want us to receive this season as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The revelation of God's nature. And I'm going to give you some three points here. So if you catch them quickly, we'll end up quickly. You understand that? But I want the, the, the revelation of divine nature in the birth of Christ. We see one thing that you should never forget and you should have it as a revelation that God loves man. That is simple but profound. God loves man. God loves you. That's the revelation of the divine nature, like Dasha said here when she's, she was receiving her um, tithes and offerings, talking about God loved the world that he gave. That was the whole purpose, the, the revelation of God's love to man, because if you think of it, man had already committed sin. So to speak, if we are going to use the legal terms, we say he had committed high treason. Willingly, having known that God had already told him whatever he was going to do had consequences, but he went ahead and ate the fruit that had been forbidden him from eating. He went ahead and did that. Now, to the legal terms, he committed high treason, which actually was death. You're separated from God. But no matter what had happened, God's love being so stronger than the sin that he had committed, he was determined, he was committed to send his son Jesus Christ to pay the price in full that we may be redeemed back to God 
and be called the children of God. In Matthew chapter 1, I don't know if you can say anything about Christmas if you don't read Matthew 1 and Luke 1, Luke 1 and Luke 2. But in Matthew chapter 1, let's read some, some scriptures and then I'll, we'll look at some things further. Now the birth in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. As his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 21, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which literally is Savior. His name, Jesus, Savior. And then he says this. He's given a name, and he says the purpose for that child, for that son, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The name Jesus, of course, I've told you, meaning Savior, God, because of his love for man, he goes after the very thing that separated him from man's sin. His love makes a way for the salvation of man. And if none, if you've listened, you've come to Victory Faith for some time, or maybe you've heard this about that name, uh, that word save, which is he shall save, mark that word. He will save his people from their sins. That word save is a Greek word, sozo, which is actually heal, heal, cure, preserve, keep safe and sound, which is heal, cure, preserve, keep safe and sound, rescue from danger or destruction. That's how God, God's love is. He rescued man from danger or destruction. Sozo saves, listen to this, sozo saves from physical death by healing, and from spiritual death by for forgiving sin and its effects. He came to save his people from his sins because of his God's love. Let's look at some scripture here in Ephesians chapter, chapter 2 to see it's a, it's a much, but it's wonderful to be able to look at it from the Amplified Bible. Look at it from, from verse 1. And you... I'm talking about you. Because, remember, you're talking about God's love. God manifesting his love, the, his divine nature, which is love, by sending his son, Jesus Christ, and being born in this world. And you, he made alive, when you are dead, slain by your trespasses and sins. In which, at what time, you walked habitually, 
you are following the cause and the fashion of this world, or under the soil of the tendency of this present age, following the prince and the power of the air. Anyone who's ever been there? I have. In fact, in fact, I thought, what I thought throughout my life before I gave my life to Christ at 23, I thought I thought my own thoughts. Not knowing there was one who controlled me and his, I was following the cause and fashion of this world or under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You are once obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience who are the careless, the rebellious, and unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. And sometimes it's so, it's so sad when as the body of Christ, they don't know the reality of demonic spirits and think these are just stories. It's a reality. There is the reality of God. There is a reality of the kingdom of darkness controlled by the devil. There is a reality of devils, demons. And that's why God called us to do what? To cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. Why is that so? Because there is the reality of demons. But look at this. It says, among these we also, uh, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were, this is so important to know this, we were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his, his indignation like the rest of mankind. In other, word, in other words, man, after he sinned, his nature became sin. That was his nature. And then he says this, you ought to say it with me. Yeah, no, no, you don't say this, but God. Come on, but God. In his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love which he loved us. Just hold right there. Look at those words. If there is anything about God, he's rich in mercy. And the amazing thing is this church. His mercies are new every morning. If there is anything that you're going to receive from God, on a daily basis, is the availability of his mercy. He is rich in mercy. And that's not all. Because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. What do you think about God loving you that much? I'm telling you, that's why we need to get revelation of God's love. I do believe when, if every, anyone accepts that, that God's love by revelation, they will walk in this life confidently that God loves them. I remember Pastor Carla uh, gave my life to Christ on 17th June 1996. It was on a Monday, 12.30 p.m. I'll never forget that. But then, that day I didn't know all what had happened, of course. I was still learning about my salvation. 
But on Friday night, I remember being convicted of my sin. That was 21st of uh, the same month of June. Being convicted of my sin, I cried, I wept, I felt so bad. This is how I felt, that every sin that I had committed was against God. That's how I felt. I saw my sinful nature. I saw God's mercy and God's grace. Now, you may not have been saved the way I was saved. You know, maybe yours was not even dramatic. That's okay, but you are born again. It's true according to the scriptures. But that night for me, it was this manner. It was like every sin that I had committed was coming right in front of me like a vision, you know, like, like a video. And when I repent, it will go away. That's the way I saw one by one. And I felt so bad of why I had, I had sinned against God. But I'm telling you something. That night, when it was over, when I had repented, and I had God speak to me for the first time in my life, I knew I had been forgiven. I knew inside of me I had been thoroughly forgiven. All sin that I had sinned against God, I knew God had forgiven me. I was so forgiven. Just think about this. I think when I was 13 or 12, I was playing with a matchbox in our, in our bedroom, which I shared with my older brothers. And then there were, there, was, there were bookshelves, and I played with a matchbox. I don't know. Have you ever done that? Don't ever do it at home, okay? I was playing with a matchbox, and then at some point, I just shut the door and went to the kitchen. So away, away from that room. And then what happened, my parents and others, they were, you know, at, at, the, at the garden or at the, at the chamber. And they saw the smoke. They ran up. They went to the room. The shelves, all the books which were there, dictionaries, my parents' school, you know, in the, in the 50s. And I think in the 50s, yes. And in the 60s and in the 70s. All those books had been burned down. School uniforms of my brothers who were in high school at that time that had already been burned down, mattress and all that. But we grew up with a cousin of mine, and amazing, this cousin of mine, the mom died when she was at the, you know, she was giving birth to this, to this son. She died, so my mom and my dad raised up my cousin, and he's named Love. L-O-V-E. But love was known to be mischievous from very young age. At 12, we were smoking and, you know, smoking cigarettes. So the blame was not put on me. They all knew it was love. Love must have been smoking. And he forgot or he had some commotion outside and put a cigarette probably and forgot about it. And all the years it was known, love is the one who burnt down the room, and I kept quiet about it. I didn't say anything. I knew it was me. I knew there was no way I was going to say. That was, I think, in 1985. Listen, 1996, about 11 years later, I give my life to Christ. And the Lord says, you remember this? I say, I just know that. I remember that. You need to tell. I thought it was going to be a big issue. I had held it inside of me for years. 
I knew. No one in the natural knew I knew it. Of course, God knew. The devil knew. I'd done it. But my parents, no one else knew. Love took the blame all through. And it, everyone thought it was love. The village knew it was love, not me. But that night on 21st, I remember waking up the following day, 22nd morning, and I told them, Mom, Dad, it's me who did it. And I was surprised. It was like nothing to them. It didn't matter to them. But I was ready. Whatever I had done in secret, I was going to say it. And it's amazing. I went, I visited love, and I told him about it. And he said, that's fine. That's okay. That's how confident I was in God five days later after my salvation that God loved me, God had forgiven me of all my sins, and I didn't care what man was going to think about me. God had already forgiven me. That's the great, intense, wonderful love. As you go during this Christmas, receive that love. Be assured let it be an assurance inside of you by faith that God has forgiven you. God has made you new. God loves you. God cares for you. You go into the, this Christmas with that in mind. You go into 2020 with that in mind. Listen to this. A five-day-old baby Christian knew had been forgiven and no revelation concerning God's word. How much more of you that you are hearing the word of God that let me tell you something, nothing should hold you back. No matter how many mistakes you've made in the past, you stand, you confess before the Lord, you believe in his mercy and in his grace. If it takes going to someone else and telling them, you tell them, you confess your sins and listen to this, you are free. Take the love of God. That's the very reason that the son of God came that you may he came to save remember this son what he was doing he came that he may save God's people from their sins to save to heal and all that which I've told you and then and then second thing let me see if I can go quicker than this second remember you're talking about birth of Christ the birth of Christ revealing uh, divine nature First one I've told you, it's uh, God loves man. Secondly, listen to this. This is where I really want you to get this. For God's plans to be fulfilled, he needs man to cooperate, cooperate with him. For God's plans to be fulfilled, he needs man to cooperate with, with him. Did I say it corporate or corporate? Did I say it right? Okay. Uh, for God's plan to be fulfilled, or God's purposes to be fulfilled, he needs man to cooperate, cooperate with him. What a mistake for God's people to think, oh, if this is God's plan for this or that to happen, it will happen anyway. It won't. Again, I say it won't. That's a big mistake to think that way. That if it's God's will, it will happen anyway. It's a big no. God needs man to cooperate with him so that his promises or plans may be fulfilled in every generation. Churches, they just don't get fulfilled by themselves. I just didn't know, but I got saved. 
I just didn't know, but there was great increase or increase or supernatural. I just didn't know, but it happened. I just didn't know, but I just got married. You ever met a bride saying that on a, on a wedding day? I just didn't know whose wedding this is, but I, I'm get, I guess I'm getting married. We know that doesn't happen that way. Again, it takes man. It's God's will, but it takes man to cooperate with God in every generation. When man does his part, does not do his part, I'm using this word, it frustrates divine plans. I'm using it because Paul says something here in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, in the King James Version. He says, I, don't frust- I, don't, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So that's why I'm using the, that word. When man does not do his part, it frustrates divine plans. Don't forget that. Things don't just happen. God's plans don't just happen. Again, it takes months cooperating with the, with, the, with the divine, with God, to be able, with God to be able to see the manifestation of his will on earth. I wish I had more time, but I would have read. Let's see if we can read a little bit uh, from Luke chapter 1 of Zacharias, who is the father of, uh, of uh, John the Baptist. Let's see if we can look at it a little bit. Look at Luke. Uh, let's look at Luke. In verse 5 it says, there was in the days, remember my point, is, is the thing, the divine plans, they just don't happen. It is man to be, to be able to cooperate with him, with God, to see the manifestation of his plans. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. But look at this here. And then in verse 18... Talking about these righteous people. And, you know, he was in the temple. I don't want to go into all that. But now the angel appeared to him. And verse 18 says this. And Zechariah said to the angel, after he was told about the birth of John. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring to you these glad tidings. But look at verse 20. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. The whole thing was this. He didn't believe the words. You know, to, to hear Gabriel say this, Gabriel had to declare who he was. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of the Lord. You know, if, if a person has authority and you are trying to defy what he's telling you and they remind you who they are, get ready, obey, quickly. Youth or children, have you ever heard of your parents telling you, your father, I am your father. 
Now you know there's something that is coming after that. You know I am your father. And now that means you have to do it. Gabriel says, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. But look at this then. And, and the people, of course, waited uh, outside. And uh, you know Christmas story. I want to go forward and share something here in verse 57. Let's go down to verse 57. I want you to see something there. So because of his unbelief, uh, Gabriel says there's something that is going to happen. Of course, he came out of that, that, that place speechless. He was mute. Look at verse 57, though. Now Elizabeth full-time came to her to be delivered and brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord has shown, has shown what? Great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. That's the mercy of God again. Now look at this in verse 59. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what you would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled immediately. When he gave himself over to God's plan and, and stood in agreement with God, immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loosed. And spo he spoke, praising God. I'm telling you, I, don't wa I want to cooperate. I don't want to, to stay mute for nine months. Can you imagine all that? Nine months. He couldn't talk. And then finally, he said, he shall be called. In other words, I've, God... Forgive me for my unbelief, but the consequences were nine months. Then finally, he cooperated with the divine, of course. God was determined this was going to happen. Listen, there's some things that even if it takes shutting your mouth, God says, I'm determined this will happen. But let me tell you something. His will is for us to cooperate with him and speak the same language with him. And so that you may see the results and rejoice for what he has done in our generation. So anyway, when he wrote that, his mouth was open, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. So finally he cooperated with the divine, but Mary had a different story. You remember the story of Mary. Mary cooperated with the, with the divine, and this is what she said. Be it, in verse 34, it says this. Then Mary said, Chapter 1, verse 34 of Luke. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That is someone cooperating with the divine. That is someone cooperating, cooperating with the will of God to see his will come to pass. I'm going to say this again. His will does not just happen. Listen, we're coming to 2020. It's his will that you have no single 
oppressed day. Pastor Carl has already prayed that there will be a lifting up. That you should never have an oppressed day, a depressed day. Listen, a broke day. Uh, the, the days that you say, I just don't know what to do. But listen, it's not, going just, it's not going to fall on us automatically. It's us going to the word of God, finding what the will of God is, and agreeing with his will. And I'm telling you, the agreement that we can have is believe in our hearts and confess. Say it. 2020 is my year of increase. And believe it. I keep saying this as a pastor. I say this. It's not just a church thing on Sunday that we shout and rejoice and we go in the week and be defeated and then come back again on Sunday. No, that's not God's will. Listen, we want to cooperate with him. We want to agree with him to see his plans come into pass in 2020 and even during this time of Christmas. Uh, time will not allow me to go into uh, the, the story of Simeon. You remember Simeon? How he agreed with God? Actually, he was looking forward to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The amazing thing, you'll find that in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, uh, 25 to verse 32, the amazing thing, he looks at this child, I think Jesus was eight days years old, uh, eight days old. And then he looks at him and he says this, let your servant depart in peace, for I have seen the salvation of Israel. Because it had been revealed to him that he will not die until he saw the Messiah being born. Listen, this is someone who had been cooperating with the, the will of God. The divine will of God. That God, just think about this. God all-knowing, God all-powerful, power, all God almighty. He could not do anything on earth until he spoke it over and over again through his prophets. And finally, because of that, there was a fulfillment of the will of God. Let me tell you something. You have to agree with God for his will to be fulfilled in your generation. We have to agree with God for his will to be fulfilled in our families. We have to agree with God for his will to be fulfilled even in this nation. Because God has given out a promise, it does not mean we lay back and wait for it to be fulfilled. No. It takes hearing it. It takes receiving it. It takes asking God what to do. And then it takes obedience. I'll say that again. Because God has given out a promise, it does not mean that we lay back and wait for it to be fulfilled. No. It takes hearing that promise. It takes receiving that promise. It takes, it takes asking God what to do and obey. Then there shall be the fulfillment of God's will. We see in the scripture that it was appointed time for the Son of God to be born. And the devil, so to speak, let me use this word. And the devil became wild and killed children two years old and under. Was it the appointed time for the Son of God to be born? Yes. But listen, the devil doesn't stop. I, I, I've heard Dr. Jerry Saville say this several times. He said this, 
when a prophetic word comes in your midst, that does not mean the devil now folds his hands and goes to sleep and say, now there is a prophetic word. No. We know that doesn't happen, church. What he does is this, to try to convince you and I that which God has said is not the truth. But we know God does not lie. You remember immediately, we see the instruction given in the Garden of Eden concerning that them not eating the fruit in the Garden of Eden, the fruit that they've been told by God not to eat. But when the devil came, what did he say? Did God really say? It's the same thing now. Did God really say that uh, during this Christmas you'll have joy? How are you going to have joy when you've had a challenging year? Uh, what is he saying about 2020? Does he say you're going to increase? How will you increase? Tell the devil, I know God does not lie. I am going to cooperate with him. I don't care how it looks right now, but I'm going to cooperate with him and I'm going to believe with him and to see his promises coming to pass in my life. As long as I live, I'll never forget the Christmas time of the year 2000. Had nothing, no money, no food, no bed. Anyone who stayed without bed, I didn't have a bed. But let me tell you something which I had. I had a new spirit-filled Bible. <laughs> That's what I had. And I remember getting, can you imagine? I remember on a Christmas day, I don't have food. I'm living in a slum, in a single room. I just don't know what to do. Except, uh, sorry, I just, I, I couldn't travel because I like being with my family. Come on. If I didn't have fare from Dandora to town, how would I have fare to travel to my up country? You know the difference? Can you calculate the maths? I didn't have that. But let me tell you something. I had the joy of the Lord for sure. I tell you the truth, verily, verily. I went to the Bible. I went to the Word of God. I started getting the Word of God. Can you imagine in that time when I am in such a situation, the Lord starts speaking to me for the first time how I was going to get married to Tina. Now that's divine. Now I'm telling you the truth. That's divine. I have a notebook. The first time I started hearing that was I was with nothing. But instead of roaming around aimlessly, I decided to take my Bible. Let me tell you, let me encourage someone of how you can cooperate with the divine. You may be in a disparate, disparate situation right now. And you don't know how the year has gone. You, you, ha you have no idea how you're going to face 2020. But let me tell you something. Take the word. Agree with the divine will. Find out the purposes of God. I'm telling you, it won't take long. You will realize you are full of joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord in your heart is an indication of God saying this. I am with you. 
I will show you the future. I will show you the way. I will show you the path that I have for you. I will strengthen you. I will lead you in the way that I have set for, for you. But if you go all around saying, you know, I don't know about us. We never get a good dress during Christmas. Have you ever felt that way? Do they still buy Christmas dresses nowadays, parents? Oh, they do. Okay. They are saying yes, and they are looking towards your side, parents. <laughs> for my home, it was a must when I was growing up. I mean, we had something for Christmas, uh, new clothes. Let me tell you something. Cooperating with the divine, cooperating with the divine makes a whole difference, church. The plans of God are not automatic. We have, this reminds me of deaths or attacks of the children in our generation. You know, like we see Herod, what he did. Of course, it's the devil behind that. He did killing two years and under. We have in our generation children being killed. You know, we have abortion in our generation. And, and, and unfortunately, children being taught by the world about their sexuality. That is there quite a bit. Sometimes we keep quiet in church and we are not vocal as you should be. Let me tell you something. That is, our, that is the attack of the enemy on our next generation. That is exactly what he wants to do. He wants our children to be taught by the world. Listen, while the promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is evident and God has said it in his word, it's not going to be automatic until God's people starting laying hold of his promises and agreeing with the divine will and purposes for it to be fulfilled. It's not going to be automatic. Judges were high time for us to rise up and start educating our children about, listen, the word of God about their sexuality. About the word of God, what God says about abortion. About what God says about the terminologies that they have in this age that we didn't have growing up. Pastor Carla told me that she was in college. I think, were you in college when you went asking your mom? She was in college, like what age? 18 years. She was 18 years old and she had never heard the word homosexuality. Let me tell you what she said. She had it in college. Then she went to her mom and asked her, Mom, what, is, uh, what does homosexuality, what does this word mean, homosexuality? And you know what the mama told her? She doesn't know if the mama didn't know. She said, I don't know. <laughs> now that's at 18. But let me tell you something of what is happening in our generation. I'm talking about divine plans. They are not going to be automatic. We have to be aggressive. In our generation, we need to rise up and teach children the truth. And raised up children who are able to understand where, where the world is at and who's controlling the world. The attack on the children is still on until now. And I'm telling you this, the enemy, the Bible so, says so clear, the enemy knows that his time is short. And his weapons against our children is rising up. I encourage you during this Christmas, spend time with your children. Talk to them the truth. Tell them about the truth. 
about the reality of things in the kingdom of God and what the devil is doing in his work to steal, kill, and destroy. We have the promises of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I say that on our children and in our, in our nation, but it will take our cooperation with the divine, which is hearing and acting in obedience. To save the Son of God, listen, from the massacre. You remember that in, 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 in the book of Luke? It took Joseph's and Mary's cooperation. What about, think about this. Can God protect his son? Come on now. I want you to see the Bible as it is. Can God protect his son? Yes. Listen, why would he tell Joseph in a dream, I want you to leave your country, this country, and go to Egypt? God was protecting his, his son. And listen to this. He needed someone to cooperate with him so that he may protect his son. You can say, why would God all-knowing, almighty. Couldn't you do something with Herod? Listen, he's given dominion to man. He wants you and I to cooperate with him so that his divine plans are fulfilled. Why? What about if, if, they, if, uh, if Joseph and Mary say, God, we're not going to live anyway. The Lord is my shepherd. We shall not fear. You've, you've heard believers doing that. I mean, they're not, listen, you cannot override obedience with quotation or quoting the scriptures. If there's anything profound, you need to know that. In other words, God says something and you go ahead and say, but the Lord is my shepherd. Say, I told you to move out of this place. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. No, the sheep knows the voice of the shepherd. When God gives an instruction, listen, he wants us to cooperate with him so that he may bring his purposes come to pass, that we only, what we need to do is this, we need to obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice, the word of God says. So then, I'm saying this, the first thing of what the birth of Christ reveals, uh, in divine nature, is, is this, first thing is God loves man, Secondly, the point I've made is this, for God's plans to be fulfilled, he needs man to cooperate with him. And then thirdly, and the final one I think for this, this day, is there is nothing impossible with him. Get into the, approach this Christmas in this man. God loves me. I will cooperate with you, Lord. And listen, I know. There is nothing impossible with you. That's how he revealed through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Here we have a girl who's a virgin. Let me make some statements before then. When God finds those who will cooperate with him, he does what is best at the impossible. <laughs> when God finds those who, uh, when when. When God finds those who will incorporate with him, he does what is best at, his best at doing what? The impossible. And that's what God wants us to do in our lives. That situations that have felt or have been, have looked like they've been impossible for years and years and years. God says this, will you cooperate with me? 
You've tried it. You've figured it out with your mind over and over again. Would you cooperate with me? And let me show you what I'm best at to do what? Making the impossible possible for you. All what he needs for us to cooperate with him. Listen, here is God. I mean, here is Moses. He's looking at the Red Sea. He didn't need to do anything except to obey God, except to cooperate with God. What was he supposed to do? Just lift up your, your cane. Or what? Was it your cane? Your rod? Lift it up towards the sea. That's all what I want you to do. How it's going to happen? It's none of your business, but it's going to happen. That's what cooperating with the divine is. You know, we are in a generation and we want so many. We want to rationalize everything. How, in my situation, am I going ever to increase? How will God do it? Let me tell you something about the birth of Jesus Christ. The virgin gave birth to the Son of God. The virgin gave birth to the Son of God. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 to 23, it says this. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with the child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The virgin birth was impossible with men, but listen to this church, but possible with God. Impossible with man, but possible with God. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35 to 37, Luke 1, 35 to 37 says this, And the angel answered and said to her, Elizabeth, the Holy, the Holy, no, And the angel answered and said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that the Holy One which is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Let's say it together, verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Can you say it again? For with God, nothing will be impossible. That should be our approach with life. That when when you, co you, when you cooperate with God, this is what happens. He does the impossible in our lives, and he's best at doing that way. You may be right now in a, in a situation, again, that seems like you have no idea of what is going to happen after this. Listen, God wants to speak to you. God wants to direct you. God wants to lead you so that you may have the breakthroughs that you've never had before. Let's read the last scripture here, I think, before we wind up. I want to share with you something from 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel gives the story of David in chapter 21. 2 Samuel chapter 21. Now there was farming in the days of David for three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord. In other words, what is he doing? He wants to cooperate with the divine. You know, in life, 
Sometimes there are things that can happen over and over again in our lives and take them as being the norm. It shouldn't be. Listen, God is a God of increase. God is a God of the blessing. God is a God of multiplication. God changes lives. So look at this. He says, year after year, and David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered. It is because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house because he killed the Gibeonites. You remember the story of the Gibeonites? They had even tricked themselves. They had tricked the children of Israel. And, and Joshua in his generation entered into a covenant with them to protect them. But hundreds of years, probably hundreds of years later, David in his time, he sees famine in the land and he, he decides this. This is not the normal thing. Sometimes you talk this way. But this has been happening in Kenya over and over again. No, we are not cooperating with the divine. We need to start saying something different. This is the way we think here in Kenya. Hakuna, hapana. You understand? Sijui, sipatikani, mtejo anambarihi, hapatikani. You know, and, and listen to this. What God wants actually in our lives, he wants to change our way of thinking. He wants us to cooperate with him and listen, that which has been impossible. To make it possible. It has been impossible with us. In other words, like, like what, what, what Peter said, we have toiled the whole night, but at your word, at your word, we have done this over and over again, but God, because you've said, will cooperate with you. Because we know you measure in making the impossible Possible. With God, nothing shall be impossible, or nothing will be impossible. And when David inquired, when he heard the word of the Lord, he did what God told him. Remember the part of obedience, and this is what happened later on. And because of time, look at verse 14. It says this They buried the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, in the country of Benjamin in Zillah. In the tomb of Kish of his, his father, so they performed all that the king commanded, and after that, God heeded their prayer for the land. What was he doing actually? He was healing his people. He was healing the land. He was bringing in that which had been famine in the land for one year after year, he was bringing in now rain so that people may start harvesting. I really do encourage you during this season. I want you to cooperate with the divine. I want you to cooperate with God and say, God, if I've been in this situation, if you've been in, in a certain situation over and over again, you say, God, I'm going to cooperate with you. You brought your son, Jesus Christ. It seemed so impossible. It didn't look like it was going to happen. Israel had forsaken you in so many ways. But God... Because of your divine ability. And because you found people who will cooperate with you, you, bring, you brought forth your son, you manifested your love, and now you demonstrated in that generation and the generations to come that what seems impossible with men, it is possible with you. I wish you a Merry Christmas. And from all of us 
the staff. Of course, we'll be here 20, 22nd next Sunday. Don't think like, now they've closed church. Pastor Kala is even gone. I don't know what is going to happen, so I'm also gone. No. Just to announce, we'll be here next Sunday, 22nd. We'll be here on the 29th and the, 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 the Sundays that will follow. Let me tell you something that I really do encourage you, want you to encourage you with. Pursue the God's voice during this time. In all the gathering that you'll have with your family members, pursue to hear what God wants you to do. And I pray this, that there may be supernatural healing of your family members. That relationships that have been, have been looking like impossible over the years, that you didn't sit and enjoy one another, may the mass of God, may the grace of God bring such unity, bring such union, bring such fellowship, that as we come to 2020, you know it has been well with your family. May that be your, your, your testimony during this Christmas season. Would you please stand up on your feet? I hope you, be, you receive something. Hallelujah. Number one, his birth revealed God's love to us. God's love to man. Secondly, God wants people to cooperate with him so that he may bring his plans to come to pass. Thirdly, when you cooperate with him, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. The promises of God just don't come to pass without us doing something. We are called to stand in our generation as righteous people and to do his will on earth. Hallelujah. Would you please lift up your hands and say, of anything that you've had in your heart, would you thank the Lord for it? That's how you receive the word of God. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that you have sent us, sent him to us to guide us and lead us into all truth. Father, I pray for every single person who will hear this message and hearing this message. I pray, Father, for divine help. I pray, Father, for the revelation of the love of God in their hearts. May every heart, may every wound that has been in their hearts be removed through the love of God. And Father, pour out, as you've said, your love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, Father, for the reality of it. I'm asking you, Father, for the supernatural opening of the eyes of your people to see love, to receive love, to perceive love. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You loved us while we are yet sinners. How much more that now we are your own children. Father, may there be a fresh revelation during this Christmas of your love for your people. And I ask you, Father, for hearts that are humble to admit areas that we have missed it. Areas that we have not cooperated with the divine, with your will and purposes as individuals as the local church, even as the nation and families. Father, we humble ourselves before you and we ask you 
that you may cleanse us from every disobedience, from every the consequences of disobedience, and heal us, heal us, heal your people, bring in divine, divine order during this Christmas into the hearts of your people. Divine order, I pray upon families. Divine order, I pray upon individuals. Divine order upon your people. I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we choose to cooperate with you. We choose to honor you. Therefore, you've said, whatever we lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Therefore, Father, we lose your will upon our lives during this Christmas. That situations that have been impossible in the lives of your people may become possible through your divine power, through your divine, uh, divine ability. And I charge angels who hearken to the voice of your word for a turnaround impossible situations being turned out to possibilities in the name of Jesus I bless your people over this Christmas season we speak the blood of the lamb upon your people Father. the blood of the lamb we speak supernatural restoration of families during this season supernatural restoration of relationships father we ask you in the name of jesus we thank you father and we praise you for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever amen